Welcome to the Scandinavian Mind podcast, our weekly show about how technology is changing the creative industries. Today on the program, an exclusive look inside Pitti Uomo. We travel to Florence, Italy to visit the legendary menswear trade show and take a peek under the hood with the people responsible for the show and its activities. In this episode, we will hear from Georgina Cantanari, fashion writer with a focus on sustainability and curator of the S-Style event at Pitti Uomo. And Raffaello Napoleone, CEO of Pitti Imagine, the organization that runs the trade show. We talk about how the industry can transform to more sustainable practices, what new technologies are needed to implement this change, and what the Pitti organization are doing to help support the industry. My name is Konrad Olsson, Editor-in-Chief and founder of Scandinavian Mind, and today is a solo show. I'm doing this on my own, recording from my hotel room here in Florence, Italy. Happy New Year, everybody. All right, so I gotta say, it feels great to be back in Florence, Italy. It's been four years since I last visited the Pitiomo show. It was January 2020. I was here organizing a press dinner and a collaboration with Triatun, the Swedish outdoor brand. And boy, has a lot changed since then. Uh, but still, a lot has not changed. Coming back here is quite emotional, quite reminiscent. It's like a reunion. I'm meeting a lot of old friends, acquaintances, brands and people I've been doing events with throughout the years. I gotta say for me, uh, Florence is probably the city that I've visited the most outside from the cities I've lived in in my life. You know, coming to Florence, you know, twice a year for 10 years time and then some uh, has really rooted this city into my heart, into my personality. So coming back after so long, it's really like visiting a good old friend. And I got to say, visiting the trade show for the first time yesterday, coming on to Fortessa da Basso, the old fortress where it all happens, uh, was a kind of a weird feeling, both because so much was the same, the kind of general vibe, the camaraderie, the kind of sense of community that exists at this trade show was still the same. But at the same time, it was a smaller show than when I was here at the end of, of you know, 2018, 2019. So things have definitely changed. Uh, there's much less peacocking going on at the, at the piazza, the square outside the main pavilion. But there is uh, still a good level of uh, street style photographers, many of whom I've collaborated throughout my career in the fashion industry, both at Scandinavian Mind, uh, Scandinavian Man, the platform I ran before, and Plaza Uomo, which was the menswear magazine I ran for a good part of the last decade. Uh, we have Mila Dabedi, a uh, extremely talented Swedish photographer that we've been collaborating with, uh, the legendary New York-based photographer Gear, who runs his own magazine now called uh, No Chaser. Obviously, Scott Schumann of The Sartorialist was seen at the piazza as well. 
So overall, bit more uh, relaxed, bit more low key than I used to remember from the heydays. Uh, in the halls, people are feels you know serious. They're here to do business. They're here to look ahead. They're here to connect with you know retailers are here to connect with their suppliers and vice versa. And I do think there is a sense of hesitation in the marketplace. Uh, the economy is not what it used to be. It's pretty obvious. Uh, you know, with energy prices and everything that's happening into the world, it really seeps into the conversation. But again, there is a community here and there is a sense that we're coming together to weather this out. Also, it feels great to be back because we have a long-standing tradition of collaborating with the Pity organization. With Scandinavian Man, our previous platform, we did several uh, talks, events at the Fortessa, uh, starting in 2018, when no one was really doing talks at trade shows and fashion weeks. We were some of the first ones to start this trend of doing really serious talks about you know what's happening in the industry. Um, we did it one, the first time we did it. We it was a summer edition. We got some little corner, uh, you know, behind a big cafe they had set up at the main square. I don't know that anyone thought that this was going to be a thing, uh, but we had a good turnout at every talk. We had people from the industry, high level uh, menswear retailers, buyers, journalists was there talking about the industry's challenges and opportunities. And lo and behold, just the next season, Pitiomo had put up a huge, big box of a stage right on the piazza where they held the live talks as a kind of main attraction that was hugely memorable, uh, even though it was, was one of the coldest Pitiomos ever. I remember doing an interview with Andreas Palm, the CEO and founder of CDLP, uh, on uh, the piazza in one of the uh, uh, kind of early mornings and it uh, it was one of the coldest interviews I've ever done in my career. So there's a lot of good memories. Uh, we've been continuing our collaboration with the PIT organization since and during COVID when there was no physical trade show, we did several uh, stints of uh, digital recorded live talks from the Nordic industry and from the fashion industry at large. Uh, so again, it's a huge uh, honor to be back here. Uh, there's quite the reminiscent and it goes to the core of what we are as a platform uh, being here, just within the industry, talking to the people who are working in it, who are trying to find their way in these much more challenging times. So what do the Nordic brands expect from Pitiomo? So there is obviously the Scandinavian part. It's called Scandinavian Manifesto. It's a special show with only Nordic brands. It was started once by the Revolver trade show in Copenhagen. That's now been swallowed up into the, the big SIF trade show. So SIF now runs the Scandinavian Manifesto. There were about 12, 13 brands there. Uh, many of whom we've known since before. Adnum from Sweden, Rude Tokyo from Denmark. We had Avenue, we had uh, Jay Lindeberg, Ledeux and a few others. 
And I spoke to the, some of the, the brands in there and they felt there was kind of a quiet optimism uh, going on. Uh, people were happy to be here in Florence, uh, connecting with new retailers. Um, most of them are doing kind of a healthy business, I would say, uh, even though there is a sense of hesitation or maybe wariness about where the market is going. So there's a strong Nordic connection to uh, this trade show. And in the main hall, you had brands, more traditional brands like Stenströms and Sand Copenhagen, a few others that are here doing business, that have long-standing relationships with this uh, trade show where they are connecting with their global customers. All right, let's get into some reporting. So Pitti hosted something they called the Green Talk yesterday, uh, the frontiers of sustainable fashion, where Giorgia Cantarini, a fashion journalist, was moderating a conversation with Claudia Marenzi, the CEO of Herno, Christian Tubito from Caring's Innovation Lab, um, and Martina Boero, uh, a very interesting upcycling designer from Milan. I took the chance to sit down with Giorgia to talk about some of the insights from this talk and also learn more about the S-Style exhibition that she's curating every year, every summer edition of Pitti, the way I understood it. It comes back this June. It's an exhibition of sustainable style. The upcoming exhibition is about circularity. And it's really interesting to hear from kind of this Italian fashion tailoring perspective, how they are viewing the landscape of sustainable fashion. So here now, my conversation with Giorgia Cantarini, fashion journalist from Italy. Enjoy. So we are here with uh, Giorgia Cantarini, experienced writer, stylist, curator in the Italian fashion community, also collaborator of Pitti Uomo with a style exhibition that's been going on before and is coming back uh, in the summer edition. Uh, Giorgia, you also held a talk here or you moderated a talk called Green Talk here with Pitti. I want to get into all this and describe the projects, but maybe you can describe yourself to begin with and, and a little bit about your background and how you ended up here. Hi, everyone. My name is Georgia. I've been working in fashion since I don't even remember when. It's almost 15 years, though, of experience. I started with small magazines, then I moved to bigger publications, and then I decided at some point of my career that I wanted to delve into sustainability. So the project uh, was born in 2020. The idea for me to delve into sustainability came right in the middle of COVID, basically. I mean, I had this idea before and then COVID happened and then I proposed it to PT anyway because I thought it was a good moment mm -hmm. to start thinking about sustainability even in menswear because there was nothing about sustainable menswear brands in terms of projects and initiatives. So they said yes, and this is how we started. The first edition was only virtual meaning it was only on PT Connect, which is their online exhibition space. And 
the guest of honor of that edition was Glenn Martins with Evergreen Collection from Y Project, his brand. And we also had like very interesting names such as uh, Christopher Rayburn and Spencer Phipps. The second edition was like a fashion movie with AI because again, we were during COVID. And one of the designers was Stephen Stocky Daly that you will see showing at PT as a guest tomorrow. Yesterday during the talk, we we dealt with Caring Mill, the partner that S-Style, which is the name of the project, had for the last edition. So the last edition, the entire project was sponsored by Caring Mill. Caring Mill is the division of Caring Material Innovation Lab that takes care of all the research in terms of sustainable, not only materials and textiles, but also techniques. Mm. Their job is to provide solutions for all the brands in the group. What they did with us was like uh, interacting with 10 designers. Each one of them had the possibility to create a look, whether with an innovation or a textile. Yesterday, we kind of like showed what we did and then we announced what we're going to do next. The next edition of SI will be in June again with caring and the focus of the next edition will be circularity because caring believes the future is circularity and so also did the other speakers of the panel that we had today we invited mr claudio marenzi the ceo of herno herno is a very well known and established brand in the italian panorama of outerwear and he's a strong believer of sustainability. So talk about, I'm curious uh, from a personal perspective, because what I find interesting with you is you have a very uh, kind of strong fashion background. You've been a stylist and you've worked for these kind of influential uh, fashion magazines, then deciding to focus on sustainability. And that's not always the case. People who focus on sustainability are, are, are fired up about this issue, almost like they come from another angle or another part of the industry. Can you talk a little bit about personally how that transition has been for you? Uh, what sparked your interest in sustainability and why did you decide to work more of it? I think what makes me different, if that's a word, is that I would love to combine strong fashion sense, creativity and design with sustainability. Mm. I think this is the strongest challenge also brands face right now because most of the times when we see all these sustainable brands, they lack in design. So my research focuses on finding people that are creative enough and they can work into, you know, sustainability with the right attitude. That's what I believe and that's what I think makes what I do different from anyone else. Maybe because I have a strong background, maybe because fashion will always be my passion. I haven't left what I'm doing behind. I'm just finding a new way to, to do what I love, basically. That's great. I love that. So talk about, you know, when working with designers and brands, you know, you had the Martina on the panels, obviously more like uh, working with smaller brands and working with upcycling and so forth, maybe harder to scale and carrying obviously a, one of the big, you know, luxury behemoths in, in the industry. Uh, what do you think? designers or brands need to focus on the most when it comes to moving towards the circular industry? I mean, it's a big question, but maybe some of the topics that you think is, is relevant. Well, yesterday, well, I mean, what came out during the talk is that sustainability is unfortunately, or also a matter of money. 
Right. So there are like huge investments that uh, companies need to do in that sense. And they must actually do it because mm. it's the European community that says, you know, you need to be ready for this transition is happening. Yeah. So everyone needs to move forward with that. Obviously, when it comes to a smaller brands, it's even more difficult because imagine being transparent, build a blockchain, knowing where all your materials come from, certifications. I mean, there's so many things. What I think my emerging designers are trying to do is to do the best they can. Mm. And also sustainability is a journey. It's like a never ending journey. Regulation change from one year to another. Materials can be better, can be worse. There are innovation, but thankfully there's more and more innovation. So we're getting better at finding other solutions that don't exploit nature or animals, for example. So I, I wouldn't say there's one thing they need to do. I think they should just start. Right. There's also this, what I see when, when I work with the industry and when we do content around it is like the level of knowledge needs to be so much higher in the industry. And, and this, it's, it's a big ask because there's so much research you have to do. As you mentioned, legislation is happening in the EU now coming in. It's very confusing for a lot of brands. So much to kind of understand and dig into. Uh, I'm curious from your perspective as a journalist and a, and a writer, how do you see this need? How do we, how do we bridge this gap kind of in a way? There's this lack of knowledge in the industry. There's, there's, there's a huge, you know, kind of big ask for brands to understand what's happening. Well, thankfully there is I mean, there's a possibility for everyone to get access to this information. And I know it's confusing, but, you know, part of like growing as a professional mm -hmm. is to actually take courses, to go and learn something, because this is what I, I did. I mean, I did a master to be able to talk about sustainability and comprehend how it works. What I see, like most of my colleagues, they are very curious about the topic. And they asked me for suggestions on, you know, what to do and where to learn and when to acquire, like also a new language, because we use this word sustainability, like it's something you put on a, you know, on a plate easily. It's not like that. It has to be used responsibly. And part of the confusion is also this way of like talking about sustainability, like it's an easy topic that leads to greenwashing because you cannot say you're sustainable because your packaging is, you know, sustainable in the sense that you're recyclable or comes from like reuse paper, whatever it is. You're not sustainable for doing that. You're maybe responsible, but that doesn't qualify you for being a sustainable brand. So in order to know that, first of all, inform yourself, go to websites that are like rec recognized as form of information. Maybe do not listen to everything you say everything you hear about sustainability. And fourth, I would say the brands would have to be transparent enough and also be the ones that propel the change. Mm -hmm. Meaning, if I want to know where, you know, my, my sweater is made, I would love the brand to tell me, like it's been made here with this material, maybe even by this person. Doing exhibitions like these, hosting talks like you did yesterday, but also doing exhibitions uh, is a way of kind of sparking attention around this issue. 
Talk about what what it's been like setting this up and then working with the PT organization because you know obviously PT is one of the most okay. kind of traditional powerhouses of fashion. It's been around for forever, it seems like. But I think you know they they seem to be pushing them. Or they want to do you know, different stuff. PT is an yeah, but PT is a well-known institution. It's an historical institution. We are like I don't know 105 editions of this fair. Uh, but they're very open to change and they're very open to what's new and they crave for new ideas. So I had carte blanche. Uh, they trusted me completely, which I'm so you know, grateful and happy for. And I think I disrupted a little bit their vision of doing things, but we, we had a lot of fun. We also did shows to present the SI collection. We did a movie with AI that is still like super beautiful to watch. We tried to add a component of innovation, even in the way we present the projects. Mm -hmm. And what can you say about coming summer edition, the, the new, the, the next step in this project? The next step will be circularity. So the focus is like circular fashion in all of its form, yeah. which can be circularity as a different meaning in fashion. It can be like using dead stock. It can be like using recycled materials. It can be like adding components from a previous collection. It can mean like many different things. I'm, of course, not be able to reveal anything yet, but we're going to do an announcement soon. Mm. And just a few words on working with caring, because I think it's, it's a very important component in making this project a realization. What has the experience been like? What is incentive, uh, incentive to doing this? You think? I think uh, since they do a lot of research, but it's always like, you know, I have a library of textiles. I have like beautiful images of the results, but I don't have anything physical to actually see these applied into an actual look yeah. or garment or piece of, you know, that is not just a piece of fabric, but it looks like a t-shirt, a shirt, a jacket. I think it's good for them to see how these materials and techniques can be applied in a creative way. So I think that's what drives them to be able to work with young designers. Also, it's a way of, I think it's also like mechanism in a way, you know, you help young generation, they, they teach them how to work into a more sustainable direction. They give them like tips. So it was a all very ongoing process between me uh, the guys, the designers, and caring NPT. So it was like a teamwork all together. Good, good. So we're second day of PT now. I don't know. Is there anything you've seen so far, or anything you're looking forward to to experiencing this edition that uh, you want to highlight? Uh, for sure, I want to see. I suggest to see Neue Deutsch. Neue Deutsch is a curated space about new a new wave of German designers. Nice. I have also friend showing in the in the area it's all about yeah emerging designers from germany never seen before at pt young uh, sort of like similar to my project but like focusing on german talents let's say good stuff georgia cantarini writer stylist curator and the creator of the style party for pt thank you so much for speaking to me thank you so much to you guys All right, that was Giorgia Cantarini, fashion journalist from Italy and curator of the S-Style Sustainability Style exhibition here at PTOMO in Florence.
All right, moving on. I also had a chance to sit down with Raffaello Napoleone and not to get too personal. But the first time I went to Pitibomo, it was 14 years ago. I was here writing a story for Scanorama, the SAS in-flight magazine, about this new phenomenon, about men's street-style photography, menswear photography, and uh, this curious little <laughs> trade show uh, in Florence, Italy, that people were starting to talk about immensely in blogs on Tumblr and the likes. I think Instagram was just starting to come out. So right about that time when this trade show really broke out and became a global phenomenon. On that trip, I was here with a photographer called Bubu Olson. Uh, we, I met with Raffaello Napoleone for the first time talking about the phenomenon of pity and the role it has in the industry. And I would say uh, back then there was mostly talks about style, about tailored style, how that was coming back into the menswear plethora. Um, but now, of course, the conversations are much more, much more serious about the need for transformation and the need for paying attention to the sustainability challenges in the fashion industry. And this is something that Mr. Napoleone is really taking to heart. It's interesting to see that they're not shying away from these issues. They are doing stuff and they want to help the brands navigate this new future. So let's get into it. Here now, my conversation with Raffaello Napoleone, the CEO of Pitti Imagine, the organization that runs the trade show Pitti Omo. Enjoy. I'm here with Raffaello Napoleone, the CEO of Pitti Imagine. Yes. Second day of Pitti Uomo. What's the general mood? What's the atmosphere? What do you feel right now? I feel very positive mm -hmm. because, in fact, this kind of appointments, in this case, Pitti Imagine Uomo, when the market is not easy like now, usually performs much better mm. than when things go uh, in the best way. People need to meet to understand where fashion is going, need to understand which kind of choices to be done. And like the team of Pitti, it's the right time to take decision to react to what is happening all over the world. Mm. We know we have the geopolitics very difficult, we have the uh, interest rates very high, the inflation, the energy costs very high, so it's quite difficult. Mm. It's, not, it's not an easy, an easy moment. You play a very important role in many brands, and you, this, this is an institution in the industry that people rely on. What are the, the most important kind of themes you want to put forward in this, this edition, this year, 2024? First of all, the fact that to react to what's happening in the market, we need today to think two or three main things. The first is a new way of thinking distribution. Mm. The retail, the multi-brand shop, the e-commerce is completely different from what it used to be. We have had in Italy, in France, in Germany, in the States, worldwide a lot of shops closed. The sales are not so brilliant. The consumer, this is the second subject, has to be reanalyzed. The second team, and it is very close to the consumer approach, a new uh, option is uh, blowing uh, on the market in a very strong way that is a second-hand mm. market. Uh, 
it used to be something just to enjoy the bit yourself. Now it's a big part of the business. It has to be well organized, managed. Well, this is the reality. Mm. And the third thing for us at Pitti is to try as much as possible to connect in this appointment the manufacturer, producers, and markets. Because the relation more and more stronger to pass through a difficult moment. Also, if the results in 2023 will be probably positive from a turnover point of view, because yeah. the price, as we know, went up. But generally speaking, these are the three, three main uh, subjects on which PT is uh, working. Of course, then we look for events, we look for launching youngs, uh, more internationality, people from Detroit, the Japan, mm, uh, mm. artisans, and uh, the story with the Germans. So there, there are many projects. We try really to set up uh, a real useful and underlined useful experience. PT Majomo is not a trade show. Pitiwomo is an exhibition, mm. and we conceive and work on Pitiwomo like setting up an exhibition, not a, just from a setting point of view. It's not really a normal threshold. Okay. Also, we speak with the exhibitor. We ask them to do so, the best of creativity that fits with the strategy of each company. There is a lot of pressure coming in from the European Union in the coming years, new legislation, kind of a wave of new legislation. There's a lot of talks that brands and, and manufacturers and retailers have to speak more. There has to be more transparency of data, of knowledge. Do you also see the need for more transparency in the value chain between manufacturers and brands and between brands and retailers? Yes, yes. You have to share more information in order for this... Uh, I must say, Italy being in the center of this kind of relations, mm. let me know we're very careful in respecting the rules, transparency, and also because today, as you know, if you want to export, you need to follow very, very strict rules. Mm. Uh, you need the passport of the product. This is the story. Yeah. So this makes also things much more transparent. You need it. If you don't respect the rules, you don't export. Yeah. And also the distribution. I'm thinking also that the main chains don't buy you. Uh, if you want to pass a border, you need, uh, in my opinion, a craziness, a pazzia of uh, documents, uh, yes. explanation, to the rest. And this is very positive. For sure, the, the sustainability subject is a major issue. Uh, it's a serious issue. Fashion is one of the most uh, delicate industry from a pollution point of view. Mm. And so this, in my opinion, is a positive uh, approach of the, of the countries, of the EEC rules and the international rules. What can uh, Pitti as a platform do to highlight these issues? You do exhibitions, you had the Green Talk yesterday. Yes. I uh, uh, find it fascinating that you are such a, in a way, very traditional, long heritage. You are this institution in the street, but you also seem like you're leaning into uh, new topics. And uh, we start thinking about sustainability about 20 years ago, thanks to Pitti Imagine Filati, the yarn mm. exhibition that is at the very beginning of the chain production. Mm. And we started analyzing the differences, explaining to the exhibitors, producers, case mainly wool for knitwear, mm. explaining them which was the state of the art mm. and which was also the way to follow. Because we need also company exhibiting here that can stay, what we say, al passo con i tempi. They stay at the 
the right step with the time being. Right. And it's part of what you communicate. Of course, you launch collections, you launch communications, you launch agreements. You do everything you have to do when you have this kind of exhibitions. Yeah. But in the meantime, you cannot forget that exists also the formal and legal side of the business that is part of what we do. We, we don't want to overlap our work with the work of the association that they have to do this. Right. The formal ones, so the government from one side, the manufacturer associations. But it's a good occasion just to highlight something that is a major or a reference to give an answer. When you look ahead, the years to come and the next cupping seasons, what do you, how do you see the PT evolving? What direction? I must say that the formula we started when I arrived 35 years ago is the right formula. In the sense, we change season after season. Mm. And uh, what we learned, and probably it's also due to our uh, energy from the side and our approach to life, where curiosity is the main uh, driving force, after each season, we check how things uh, have been. Uh, we try to record as much as possible the reactions of exhibitors and visitors. We have very strong and well-organized uh, technical committee, real technical committee with exhibitors, buyers, distributors, agents, buying offices. We meet and together we try to analyze uh, each season mm. after the end. And uh, at that point we decide eventually what we have to correct, uh, where exactly. Having the leading companies involved in this committee. Yes. And uh, this is the way we work. It's very difficult. Fashion is a little bit hectic. It's not anymore like it used to be with one collection per season, no. so two collections per year. Per, per year. Now you have, as you know, if you are in the middle of the market, uh, at least six collections per year. Yeah. And so how, how can you plan? Think what happened. 2022, fantastic year, turnover, reaction to the COVID, fantastic. 23, beginning very good, and then... And that, the, the, the strategy of 22 is not completely now unuseful. Mm. It's not anymore the right one. So you need to react very fast. I'm always curious also about new technologies. You're doing the EP Summit later this spring. Yes. Uh, do I notice that you're also wearing the Meta glasses from yeah. Ray-Ban? How, how, how so? I, I'm very curious. Yeah. My opinion is probably one of my uh, uh, identity uh, quality. Mm. When they started, this is the first, yeah. I have to buy the second uh, edition. I thought it was a good idea. I believe very much in the wearable concept that is behind. I used to move myself in Florence, in Milan, in Rome, even uh, some, sometimes abroad by motorbike mm. or scooters. And when you drive, I dislike the pods with the great dangers, and I prefer to do this. And then sometimes I play with the videos and I can hear music. I like very much driving my scooter, uh, hearing music. And uh, in my opinion, it's the first step hmm. to something that will change in the future. How I much believe that the, the phone, this object, uh, will never disappear completely, hmm. but will change. The, his, its position, and your body or your dresses, something will happen. We will see. If nothing will happen, for the moment, I'm very happy of this uh, 
Very interesting to hear. How much attention do you pay to the EP Summit later this spring and what new technologies? Are... We are working now. Yeah. Of course, we are trying to involve the uh, company ahead to all the process. And we try also to offer to the people that attend something that reachable. That means if you speak about the hyper uranium, it's good because it's, it's like all the upper uranium, a dream. Mm. We want to uh, offer people something that can be done and useful for the business. And so we are working on this subject now. Wonderful. Raffaele well, Napoleone, thank you so much for speaking with me. No, no, thank you very much for giving uh, your time. Thank you. Thank you. Bye bye. All right, that was Raffaello Napoleone, CEO of Pitti Imagine, uh, the organization behind Pitti Uomo. All right, this was certainly a good way to kick off the 2024 season here at Scandinavian Mind. I've loved coming back to Florence, Italy. And if it's one thing that all the Nordic people are talking about when you meet them here is, will we see you in Copenhagen? And yes, you will see Scandinavian Mind in Copenhagen. We are uh, once again hosting a Beauty Innovation Talks event during the SIF trade show. I actually met Sophie Dolva, the CEO of SIF, here on the uh, trade show floor earlier today. Uh, it's great seeing her. And so this time around, we are doing a special podcast, live podcast recording at SIF uh, together with our partners from Reviv, who we worked with previously on our Beauty Innovation Talks in Stockholm. Uh, it's going to be the February 1st. If you want to attend that live talk event, be sure to be at SIF uh, on February 1st in the afternoon. Starts at 2.30 and at 16.00, we're also hosting a cocktail in uh, the beauty exhibition at SIF. So for all you beauty lovers out there, people in the beauty industry, uh, come say hi to me and my colleague, Yuan Magnusson, for that event. Really looking forward to that. Again, not to miss out on any of this content and upcoming events, please be sure to subscribe to our newsletter. Visit scandinaviamind.com slash newsletter. You'll get my weekly column. You get access to beauty content, to fashion tech content, to invites to our upcoming events, and much, much more. See you in the feeds. See you in Stockholm. See you in Copenhagen. And Happy New Year. Thank you so much.